Welcome to the Unleash Your Inner Contagiously Positive Podcast. I am Laurieann Sheldrick, the Contagiously Positive Girl and your host. This is a podcast where every week we are going to talk about all the things that make our lives contagiously positive, health, happiness, food, nutrition, spirituality, our careers, relationships, and so much more. So join me weekly on an epic journey to becoming the happiest and healthiest person you know by filling up your toolbox with nourishment for your mind, body, and soul. Hey, 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 everyone. Welcome back to the Unleash Your Inner Contagiously Positive podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am really excited to share today's podcast episode with you. Today, I am interviewing my dear friend, Jolene Watson. I'm so excited about this interview. You are going to love this. There's so many nuggets. We talk about understanding the importance of what makes us tick, knowing our type, getting clear on our visions. We talk about Jolene's superpower. We talk about her greatest accomplishments. We talk about embracing change. We talk about setting goals, achieving our goals, creating a vision board that works, and so much more. Jolene Watson is an incredible human being. Not only is she one of my dearest bestest friends. I just think she is one of the most amazing humans on this planet. She is the owner and the founder of Clarity Coaching and Development. She is a Myers-Briggs certified practitioner. She is a relationship coach, a career coach, a professional speaker. She is a stress management expert. I could go on and on, but I will let her tell you all about her and let her tell you how you can unleash your inner contagiously positive by getting clear about what's important to you based on your own unique personality type. So stay tuned and enjoy this episode. Honestly, I'm so excited about today's interview because, well, number one, um, I've been wanting to work with you since we met. And number two, our companies are just so incredibly interconnected that I just thought this, having you on the Unleash Your Inner Contagiously Positive podcast only made perfect sense. So thank you so much for coming on and being a part of this podcast. And I'm super stoked to talk to you and learn all about you have my listeners learn about you, learn about what's coming up, and you just give us some tools on how we can unleash your inner contagiously positive and get more clarity on our lives. So welcome. Thank you. So I'm excited to be here. Oh, good. I'm so glad. So we're going to talk about knowing what makes us tick and the self-awareness and Myers-Briggs and managing stressors and getting really clear on our visions. But I really wanted the listeners to get to know a little bit about you personally, because I mean, obviously I'm biased. I just think you're one of the best human (laughs) beings on the absolute planet. You're my best friend and, but you're so much more than just my best friend. You're incredibly kind. You're incredibly brilliant. You're so giving and loving and funny and smart. And I felt that from like the instant I met you and said hello. So I want other people to feel that as well and just fall instantly in love with you the way I did. Oh, thank you. So I want to start with this question because I know the answer to this, me being an outsider looking in, but what is your number one superpower? Because I have an answer for what I think it is, but I would love to know what you think your number one superpower is. My number one superpower, that's an interesting question. I would say if I had to pick just one thing, it would be my high level of intuition in being able to read others very quickly. And of course, that relates to customer service, to sales skills, to networking skills. And it's always come really easy for me. And once I was able to incorporate in the personality profiling into that and reading body language, I feel it's gotten that much better over the last six years. 
So that's been something that you've always had, not just after you decided to become a Myers-Briggs practitioner, which we'll get into, but that's just always something you've had basically your whole life? Yes. And I can attest to that because that's what I would have said your number one superpower is, is really having like an instant connection on how to read people because you can do that even just watching someone from across the room, which I just find so fabulous. And that's how we connected was um, you picked out my personality from across the room and said, like, I want to meet that person and walked over to me. So that's a massive superpower. Like that must really help you to not like to truly connect with people, but to also know who you want to have in your inner circle. Yes, and that's even the night that I met you, I could read your energy from across the room and your positivity, hence contagiously positive. And I didn't want to come across in a strange way, but when I met you, I wanted to say immediately that I wanted to work with you, but I didn't want to overwhelm at that point. Yeah. <laughs> I, I knew we'd be friends, but I also saw a vision within minutes of meeting you that we would be great business partners as well. So what is it that you get whenever, like, is it just like, a, a sense that you get is it like an energy that you feel like what is that that you're feeling when you're, you're really picking up on people's cues and you can really like pinpoint what type of person they are like what kind of goes through you when that happens I think um, in terms of Myers-Briggs and we'll talk about that in a moment with my certification in personality profiling what happens is we like people that are like us and that's true in sales, that's true in networking, also with friends. Of course, we're drawn to people that are opposite because we learn from them. But I find it's quite easy for people, even with lower intuition, to find people in a room that have similar likes, similar energies, and we're often drawn to those people. So I always say to trust your intuition when you feel that you need to meet someone or that you would work well together, and it's always worked for me. Mm, I love that. So we all have that inside of us. It's just for you. It's just one of those superpowers that's like right up front and center. And because you pay attention to it so much and you've been building on it, it's instant for you. Exactly. So like for, for someone who doesn't build on that, they probably get those gut instincts as to who someone is and a personality or if they're going to be similar or not similar at all, but they might ignore those gut instincts? Exactly. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So there's, there's certain people more on the intuition side with the Myers-Briggs are more intuitive and they tend to trust their gut feeling more often. We all have a gut feeling, but there's certain personality types that tend to negate them or ignore them. Okay. Yeah. And it just sounds like it's all about the person's energy. Yeah. It's just what they put out. It's what they put out naturally. Now, I actually have a question on that because I feel like this is something you're really good at. Um, can people fake it or is just like their energy is their energy? And even though they're smiling on the outside, you know that they're faking it. In that case, it's actually a really cool answer. It's kind of two-pronged answer. So your natural energy, your natural personality type exudes from you. People immediately notice that. But if you want to work with people that are quite opposite than you, which often happens in business, you can actually practice behaviors in order to truly understand the way that other people are and how to interact with them in a respectful manner. And that's something that I've learned over the years, too. When I work with someone who's very technical, very analytical, logical, and lower empathy, I can easily adapt to their style in order that they would understand exactly what I'm trying to say. So there's a second superpower. Not only can you read them, you're able to read them and then adjust yourself so that then you can have that better connection. Yes. That's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, well, I've seen you in action and I've seen you do that. I've seen you in workshops where like when, if you have a workshop of like 20 people, for example, not all 20 are going to be like our type. And, um, I've seen you actually like just shift your language. Whereas like for me, I'm like, Oh, that language wouldn't resonate with me because it's not like fluffy enough. But I've seen you actually shift your language with people who are not so like feelers or not so extroverted. So that's just an amazing superpower that not that many people have. I know I don't have that. Like I'm just like, this is who I am and I find it really hard to shift. 
Yes. And it just takes practice. That's the cool part about it. Absolutely. Well, that is a fantastic superpower. And that's what makes you so charismatic is like for you, you can connect with someone who's like 15 years old and someone who's 85 years old and, and have that real deep connection there without feeling like there's any gap because you just like, you're just so good with people. Yeah. And adaptable. I think that's the key. Adaptable. I like that. Adaptable. Now, being adaptable, is that, again, a, something that takes practice? Uh, oh, yeah. I used to be, well, my natural personality type, and, and we'll talk about this later too, but I'm an ENFJ, but the J stands for someone who is very systematical, methodical, early starting and scheduled. Okay. And that's my nature. But, you know, being an entrepreneur, that's something that I've really had to practice being more spontaneous and which is not natural for me. So with practice, I truly believe you can adapt to anything that you need to make you successful. Mm, absolutely. And I guess that just comes by, you just have to be able to embrace change. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> which isn't easy. No, it's not easy because we do, we not only get stuck in our ways, we just get stuck with our personalities. We get stuck in our personalities and in our beliefs, right? So yeah. It's just all that same thing, whereas some people, they're just so, they just are so stuck there having a difficult time to adapt that they might be missing out on really amazing connections because they're just not willing to look outside the box or to step outside the box, right? I've heard you say that many times, like, you know, like the good things happen outside the box, (laughs) like the magic happens outside. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Once you step out of your comfort zone, that's where your goals come true. Mm, I love that. It's so true. I say that all the time. Like your comfort zone does not exist in like your everyday norm. It like it's no, sorry, like the magic doesn't happen inside your comfort zone of the everyday norm. The magic happens outside that because I find for myself whenever I do something different, even if it's like really uncomfortable, I'm so pumped up and inspired because I know I've done something that was outside of my comfort zone and I feel really strong and powerful. So, and it can be something really small. That's all it takes. Absolutely. So to date, because you have had so so many accomplishments and I thought of this question when I knew that I was going to interview you because it's not even something that I know so this is like a little bit of a selfish question I would really love to know because you have so many superpowers you you just like you're such a phenomenal woman and a phenomenal businesswoman like to date what do you think has been your greatest accomplishment to date, I would say, uh, again, another two-tier answer was I used to be a registered veterinary technologist. I, I still am, but I'm not practicing right now. I've managed a potash company, human metabolomic research company. I've done a lot of different things, but I've always been attracted to careers in psychology and communications and being able to read people. And I was fortunate enough to have a boss that, um, let me get certified in Myers-Briggs and he actually paid for it uh, thinking that would make me a better manager which it did and my accomplishment there was I studied so hard and I was so interested in the material that after six months I ended up with a 99% average in my certification so I knew I knew that it was my passion that's where I needed to go and follow it and it wasn't until I was laid off from my job that I ran in, randomly ran into a career counselor and she told me to start my own company, which is something I had never considered. So to date, my biggest, biggest accomplishment would be going back to business school in my late 30s and opening up a company. Wow, definitely not easy, especially being such a massive shift from being a vet tech. Yes. And having that, not just a massive shift in careers, but a massive shift in going from having a secured income to an entrepreneur starting out, not just starting a new business, but also just not having that regular paycheck coming in anymore while you're building your business. It's an adventure. Yes. So amazing accomplishment. And what I love about that is it was probably incredibly scary, but you did it anyway. Yes. 
So it's like one of your number one fears that ends up also becoming your greatest accomplishment because you adapted and you adapted to change and you just got out of your comfort zone. Exactly. Amazing. So that kind of leads into the next question. It, you may have already answered it. So who is someone in your life that has really changed you and, and how? Like what was that situation? How did it change you? Yes, I used to facilitate a communications course and my teacher or my facilitator and my mentor, uh, her name was Nikki. And what she did, she's probably the best, best facilitator I have ever witnessed in my life. And she pushed me beyond where I was comfortable on a continual basis. And there's no way I would be the facilitator that I am or the coach that I am without the incredible mentorship. And I honestly didn't think I could do it a lot of the days, but she had such faith in me. And I am forever grateful for that because now I can take on anything. That is amazing. It's so great to hear that because we all have those people in our lives and we continue to have those people in our lives, but there's like this tipping point moment in our life where there's one person that like got us exactly to where we were that we wouldn't have even started if it wasn't for them. Exactly. Yeah. And it was, I actually saw her facilitating a session and that's when I decided that that's what I wanted to do as well. I wanted to be just like her. So it was really cool to be able to work with her that closely for years. Oh, that is so wonderful. Now, you do a lot of public speaking, and we're, we're going to talk about Clarity Coaching and also Jolene Watson professional speaking, but you, you do a lot of professional speaking now. When you were a vet tech, or even like going as far back as like when you were in high school, was that ever something where you were just always really comfortable being in front of the room, sort of like, because you're the center of attention in those moments. Like, were you always comfortable with that? Actually, I'm a pure extrovert in all of the behaviors. So I've always been comfortable being the center of attention, even back in high school. Uh, my classmates do remember that, but I was never comfortable speaking in front of a group in that scenario. And it wasn't until I was in veterinary technology and I had graduated and I was managing the cat hospital, I was asked to speak to the veterinary technology students and I actually declined it. And she, she said, I'm not asking you, I'm telling you. And I remember going, I was petrified. And the first time I spoke was about 20 minutes and I was shaking. It was not comfortable. That's when I decided that I wanted to get better and join Toastmasters. So public speaking, a lot of people think you're born with that skill, but it can definitely be practiced. Oh, I love that because it, that is so good to hear. Because you're an extrovert, it doesn't mean that just public speaking came naturally to you and that you were instantly comfortable with it. Nope. Yeah, I had the almost a very similar story. Um, I was on the back end working for a facilitating company. I was the one creating the programs and then a facilitator um, called in sick and we had a workshop to facilitate and I was told, well, you have to facilitate this workshop because you're the only one who would know it because you created it. And I had never spoken in public and I was just thrown into it and I shook the entire time. Um, and after when it was done, I was like, oh, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, so the exact same thing it was like, and still to this day, I, I get scared doing it. But it's so exhilarating when it's done that it just, yeah, I just love it so much. Yes. So let's talk about your company then, because for anyone who doesn't know you, give us some insight into your company because you do so many things. You have clarity coaching and development, but you also have Jolene Watson professional speaking. So could you tell us, the people who don't know you, what you do and what you teach and just give us an insight into your businesses. Absolutely. So Clarity Coaching and Development is the company that I created when I went back to business school five years ago. And the premise is team building. So I am a coach and I go into organizations. I also host public workshops using the Myers-Briggs type indicator, which is personality profiling. And some of the subjects that I cover are time management, change management, 
Stress management is the biggest one, networking etiquette, and truly just getting along with people and understanding intent versus perception. What I teach with Clarity Coaching is the platinum rule, which is to treat people the way they want to be treated, as opposed to the golden rule to treat people the way you want, because people aren't like us. They're quite different. So the premise of Clarity Coaching is team building with organizations would be one area. I also do career counseling for teenagers and adults wanting to create a brand new career in the teenager realm or with adults wanting to change careers to something totally different. I help them through that process. I also do vision board workshops, which we're going to talk a little bit about later. Absolutely. And I teach at, I'm a facilitator at Saskatchewan Polytechnic, Edwards School of Business, and the Praxis School of Entrepreneurship. On the professional speaking side, I travel all over Canada and I speak at conferences and professional development days on similar subjects. Wow, that is a jam-packed business. And... <laughs> And just because I know you, um, your business just continues to grow and you keep adding stuff into it and you just keep growing as the company evolves and as you grow. Yes. And I work with individuals too, uh, mostly corporate though. But you also do relationship coaching as well, do you not? Yes. Singles and couples. Oh, wow. So... What the one of the things that I love so much about what you do, and just like if you were to just wrap that all up in a bow, which is really hard to do because it's just so broad, like there's just so many topics you could teach us about. But one of the things that I love, especially related to like you're a certified Myers Briggs practitioner, Myers Briggs practitioner, and not only that, like you know it inside and out, like you can walk up to someone and talk to them for five minutes and know their type. But what I love about your career is that it's not just related to helping people in their careers, their relationships, their money, their stress, their health. And I talk about knowing your type and what makes you tick in my own workshops because of you and because you taught me that self-awareness is so key to the success in all areas of our lives, right? Yes. So why is knowing your type so important, not just for your business, but every aspect of our life and also for setting goals and for achieving our goals. Why is it so important to know what our type is? So knowing your personality type, I've had a lot of clients say to me, thank you for letting me be me. Mm. It really shows you your strengths and why that's amazing. And that's a part of you. And you don't want to change that. You want to find a career that is in line with your strengths. And I think that's the key is to find your niche in society by knowing your strengths and how that relates to goal setting. I think it's very important because some people are big picture. Other people are extremely detailed and how we actually do our goal setting relates to that directly. Mm, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I just like stuck on something that you just said, you know, thank you for letting me be me. I, Honestly, that would be probably one of the best compliments I would ever get. Yes. You know, that was my favorite. Yeah. Thank you for letting me be me. So you've taken me through my own profile, like in detail, which is so amazing. And I'm just so obsessed with self awareness. So I loved every second of it. And I'm a balance between ENFJ and ENFP. And we probably won't be able to get into like what each type is, but what it's done, um, it's really helped me focus on my strengths. But you also really went deep with me, which was a little uncomfortable on what my weaknesses are. So it's important to know what makes us tick, but I took more from my weaknesses. So why does knowing this help us so much? It is, I think, the most important part of self-development. Uh, areas that you might want to work on would be what, you know, also called weaknesses. And we need weaknesses. Otherwise, we wouldn't have strengths. Mm. We're so good at certain things, which means we're not going to be as good because we avoid those other things. And knowing that is the key to be able to work with different personality types. It doesn't matter what your role is in business. If you can get along with all 16 personality types, you're guaranteed success. Absolutely. So do, do you get resistance when you talk to people about their weaknesses? 
not the way I present it. I guess the way I present it would be an area for improvement or an opportunity for improvement, but you don't need to work on those unless it's going to serve you. So an example would be when I had to do bookkeeping for my company, that's my least favorite part because it's not part of my personality. It's not part of my strength, but I realized the importance. So I would practice the behaviors of being detailed, of being logical and very analytical. Even though it lost my energy, I'm now able to do all my own financials and I can stay on top of my business, which I think is very important. So to be able to do the things that you've been avoiding by practicing those behaviors is the key to getting ahead. Oh, I love that because that was actually something you taught me. I was just so focused on the word weakness that I was like, this is going to be my number one blocker. But you immediately turned it around and gave me tips on, well, yes, this is your weakness. Being aware of it is a good thing so that then you can set yourself up for success when you come across that barrier. Yes, or delegate it out. That's another key. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Like for you with accounting, like you, you you don't enjoy doing it, but you do it in your business right now. But that will be the first thing you probably delegate out. 100% the uh, first thing. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, wow. That's so amazing. So what is your type? I am ENFJ, which is very similar to your type, which I thought was really cool and why we work so well together. Very. Extrovert is the E, yep. which means I love to be around people in large events. I gain energy from that. So extrovert versus introvert is all about how we gain our energy, and I'm definitely on the extrovert side. The N stands for intuitive. So I'm more big picture. I need to have a vision before I can get on board. Details stress me out, not that I can't handle them but it's not my strength. The feeler, the F, that stands for being very compassionate and very empathetic. And then the J stands for judging, which means very systematical, methodical, early starting, and scheduled. So the combination of those four areas is one of 16 personality types. Okay. And I am 2.5% of the world. Wow. And yeah, so this is the only area we differ, whereas... I'm not a lot of J. I'm definitely a P. Um, I don't really like planning. I don't like systematic anything. I like to. I don't like scheduling. Um, but now that I know it is a weakness of mine, or not really a weakness, as you said, just something that I need to work on because it was affecting my business. I had no plan ever. I just I just winged it every day. But now I actually like take the time to plan it out, but I do it in a way that serves me instead of drains me, which you taught me how to do, which is really good. But then there's some areas as well where I'm more J. And I just asked you this the other day where I spent the entire day organizing my office and color coding, color coding my books and everything, getting it really neat. And then I was able to sit down and work and be creative. Yes, and you gave me energy when you told me that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so it's so amazing when you can connect with people based on your personality types, because then it's like a way of just validating each other and really just doing that, just saying like, thank you for letting me be me. Yes, and part of your personality, the perceiving side, which means spontaneous, emergent, don't need to make a plan, is that perceivers tend to have a lot more fun in life, and they just go with the flow, and they adapt to change very quickly, so they have less stress. So when I met you, I actually wanted to be more like you, so those are the behaviors that I've been working on for the past five years, so now I'm more mid-zone in those areas. Oh, I just, I love hearing that, because I'm, I mean... I've really worked on it now, but I used to be so flighty. And that's so something that you're trying to work on um, to be more like is something I'm trying to work on to be less like because um, it does, I mean, it just, it gets in the way. It's to the point sometimes I hate planning so much that I just don't get stuff done. Um, yes. So I really work on that a lot. And you know, it's funny, people in my circle, especially my friends, um, notice it because they're like, oh, you're planning this for us. Okay, that's awesome. But I need to do something after to get my energy back up because I just find planning so draining. Yes. Yeah. So I actually, oh, and I adapt to change really well. Um, I, I can just leave my house in a moment 
and sell it and move into a new home and not even give the other one a second thought because it just with my type um and also because I think because I'm such a feeler I'm like almost a hundred percent feeler on that spectrum um I take the I take the experience and the emotion with me not the material object yes yeah, so it's very easy for me to just adapt. I'm like, okay, yep, new home. Okay, yeah, let's do that instead. Okay, yeah, that's not working in my business. Let's move on to the next thing. Like, I really just don't harp on it. And I'm not a hoarder either. Like, um, even though I'm very emotional and very much a feeler, like, I don't hoard things because I like everything to be neat and tidy and minimalist. So that's where the balance comes in, which is just so fascinating to me. Yes. So I would just like, this just popped into my head. This is a really good question. And I just had this conversation with someone yesterday. Can you explain the difference between an extrovert and an introvert? Because some people think an introvert just means like they're shy and withdrawn and just not likable. And an extrovert is bubbly and always like, like off the wall excited. Can you just like bust that myth and explain the difference? Yes. So the big difference between an introvert and extrovert is not that one of them is outgoing and one of them is shy. In fact, most of us have behaviors on both sides, but we are one or the other. The neuron structure of the brain is actually quite different from an extrovert to an introvert. And how we gain energy is the difference. So extroverts, when they're around lots of people, when they, let's say, go to work or when they go to networking events or parties, they tend to gain energy in those situations and they like to be around others. Introverts usually lose energy in those situations, not that they can't do it and not that they don't enjoy it, but they lose, lose their energy very quickly and they often need to be alone to recharge that energy. So that's the really big difference. And with the networking etiquette workshop I teach, it's important for introverts to understand that they don't need to stay to the end of the night be it a Christmas party or a networking event because their energy is going to be at an all-time low. So that's the difference is just energy. Okay, that makes total sense. And oh, I, I, that's also adds to that. Um, you said once that when we're stressed, we flip our type. So, in, so for example, an extrovert who typically gains energy from being in those, you know, situations with people when they're stressed, would it be the opposite? Yep. Our least preferred area of our personality comes to the surface under acute stress. So extroverts will actually withdraw from people, usually shut off their cell phones and become very recluse in a way. Okay. Which... I know because that was the case for me. That's what happens with me. And I need to force myself to be around people again because it just like brings me down into a dark hole because I'm not honoring my real personality. And I'm just like creating all these stories in my head and I'm just not gaining anything by being alone. So it's just like this vicious cycle whenever we're, we're stressed. So I think that you said we have six, there's 16 different types. So when you teach a stress management workshop, for example, how do you give those 16 types all different types of tools to help them manage like chronic stress, for example? I mean, we all have stress in our lives, but how do you get them to not, based on their personality, to not allow it to get to the point where it's chronic stress? That is the beauty of the Myers-Briggs. I not only have access to the main report with your personality type and behaviors, but I actually have access to hundreds of reports, one of them being a specific customized stress management report for every single personality type. So based on your type and everyone else across the world, it gives you tips and tricks on how to get back to balance with acute and chronic stress. And I, you know, I really don't think that stress management can be blanketed out because everyone is so unique. Absolutely. You know, I just I just created a six hour digital workshop creating and living a life you love. And I talked about this um, based on what you taught me that it's really important to work with someone to help you really like wade through figure out your personality type because when it comes to like setting a health goal or it comes to setting a money goal or a career goal, what works for me isn't going to work for someone else. Yes. Or managing stress or like preventing obstacles or how we set the goals and how we take action towards our goals. Like it would, we would all approach it differently. So it's so important to like really know what makes you tick. Yes. 
Oh, wonderful. Like, do you have a story? Like, do you have one story where you, like, you, you were in a stress management workshop or just like teaching someone their personality type and it was just like they just did a total turnaround in their life? Yeah, one of my favorite examples actually was a, a very wonderful lady that came to me for career counseling and she was really confused because she liked her job a lot because the people, that's what we finally figured out that she loved working with the staff and her coworkers but she wasn't feeling energetic and she wasn't feeling fulfilled. And after we did her personality profile and the career reports as well, it actually showed that she was very empathetic, very compassionate, and she was in a very analytical, logical industry in finances. Wow. So the reason she wasn't quitting was because the people that she was with, she liked working with them so much, but the job itself was draining her energy on a daily basis and she was close to burnout. So what we figured out was that she was only staying for the people. So once we did her career report, she actually totally changed her careers into one that she was serving people, which is very important on the feeling aspect of Myers-Briggs. And now she's in a totally different realm and extremely happy. Oh, that is such an amazing story. I love that. I'm sure you have so many of those as well. But what I'm hearing also is people have to do the work. You are giving them the tools. You're the hand guiding them. You're the light. But people actually have to do the work based on what you tell them. Yes. So it's one there thing. There's a lot of self-reflection. <laughs> it's one thing to know your type. It's another thing then to take action on it and actually like shake up your life. Yes. And yeah. the other cool thing is you don't have to learn everything and be good at everything. I hire mentors that are very analytical, logical, and strategic because I really like working with them and that's how their brains work, which is different because I'm much more empathetic and compassionate. So we make a really good team. Absolutely. Definitely. I, I, I'm just, this is so fascinating to me because um, I asked you, you know, who is someone in your life that really changed you? My answer would be you um, on the personal side, but also just the professional side of you as well. Um, because you just, you just allowed me to be me in a way that I've never been so authentic until I met you because you just like, number one, you just are, are, are amazing to everyone. Um, and number two, you just get it. You just get that, you know what, they're just being like that because it's their type or they're just being like that because they're stressed or they're just, that's the way they do it because they have squirrel syndrome or yeah, like you're just, you are one of those people who totally changed my life because you just opened up my mind to a whole new world. Oh, I feel the same about you on the personal side. You know, what I always talk about in my workshops is finding your tribe and people that are very similar to you that want to lift you up and motivate you to be a better person. And when I met you, I saw that, as I mentioned, instantaneously. And over the last six years, we've been working together and I hope to work together a lot more. But I think surrounding yourself with people that support you is the key to happiness. Oh, absolutely. And we, and people, everyone who's listening who knows us knows that we are each other's number one cheerleaders. <laughs> and because we're such good friends, we want to spend as much time with each other as possible that we've also found a way to work with each other as well. So we were, we were really brilliant in that. That was one of our greatest accomplishments is we found a way to combine our businesses so that we could also spend more time with each other personally. So <laughs> yeah, and, and it's true. That's so important. That's not just you and I, that's, that's the way it should be with your tribe in general. Like we should be each other's cheerleaders no matter what. Um, I just think that is so important, not just for women, but just for all people, but especially for women, because so often women just are not each other's cheerleaders. Yes. And especially in entrepreneurship, because it can be a lonely road if you don't have support. Absolutely. Like, and just having someone to talk to who's going through it, they don't even need to have like the same business as you. It's just that they're also an entrepreneur. So it's really important. And that's what you teach. You teach people how, well, this is what you can do when you're in those moments. Yeah. 
right? Exactly. Yeah. So you're one of the best people at manifesting that I know. Like you're so phenomenal at it, but you're also very strategic about it. It's not just magical. Like it just falls out of the sky. And one of the reasons why is also part of your business. Um, You have a workshop on this coming up in September that you can tell us about. And it's where you bring in vision boarding, personality styles, and goal setting. So tell me about vision boarding, about your workshop. What is it? How does it all work? And how does it work for your life? Because honestly, like you're just such an amazing manifester. And I think this all comes together. Oh, thank you. Um, so basically, I've always been interested in doing vision boards dating 10 years back. And I truly believe that putting what you want in a picture so you can see it on a daily basis helps you have a solution mindset. 80% of how we remember is in pictures. And that is across personality types. The more bright, the better, the more vivid, the better. So vision boarding to me has always been a natural way to set goals. It wasn't until I went to your goal setting workshop that I realized that the other part is very important as well, which is to figure out your goals ahead of time to rate how happy you are in the wheel of life, in the areas, your solutions, your objections and limiting beliefs. And so taking your workshop, I was empowered to add in your workbook into my vision board workshop. So now I combine the two. So we start with your workbook, which of course your six hour goal setting uh, session that you've just released is phenomenal, of course, and I do use your material. The vision board part, I bring about 400 magazines. I also get people to bring personal pictures from home or a brochure of something specific that they want. And then it's about a three hour workshop. And then I play really fun music too while we're creating the boards. That is amazing. And you know, I'll tell you, I didn't know anything about vision boarding really until I met you. And now I, because I just had the detailed part of it. And now I include the vision boarding part of it. So again, it was just like that perfect match. And it was like that missing link because I'm way more visual. So I do less in writing now. Um, and more on my boards because um, it just resonates with me more. Um, And my board, as you saw, I sent you a picture, is like perfectly squared and organized (laughs) and like color coded and (laughs) I just, because it just, it, it suits my personality. So yeah, so I've done the exact same thing. So why does it, so 80%, like that's, that is a stat that you have, like 80% of us are just more, we're, we're going to do it if we see it. But um, yes. like, what is the best way to design a vision board that works? Because it's not just about putting pictures on a board, right? There is some strategy to it. Yes, and it's to rate what areas are most important to you and the feeling that you're going after, the desire that you're going after from achieving it. And on a personality side of things, you know, some vision boards are a mess. People just put pictures anywhere in no specific order. That is invigorating for them. Other people, it needs to be very symmetrical and sectioned off into different areas. And that's all based on personality type. So there's no right or wrong way to do it. It's to figure out your priorities, how that's going to look. And sometimes people just show up and look through magazines and look at other people's board and it inspires them to figure out what it is they're actually after. The more specific, the better. But you can also dream big. And what I mean by that is have at least one or two goals that you have no idea how you're going to get it so that it's a little risky, but it also scares you in a way that you're willing to get out of your comfort zone to get it. Mm. And those are really the most amazing goals. I love that. So you, again, it's not just having them go through the magazines. You have them really think about what their goals are for the year, for example, with regards to whether it's their health or their career or their relationship, whatever that might be, their money. I'm sure you get a lot of money stuff. Um, And then you have them find pictures that resonate with that goal that then inspire them to take aligned action. Yes. And the action step is definitely a very important part of the process. 
Yeah, very. Because I just remember my first vision board, I just had a bunch of pretty pictures. And then when you taught me how to actually do a vision board, and we figured out a way like to put my goal setting and mix it in with the vision board, it's much more strategic. And now when I read my goals, I just stare at my board. But I do have stuff on there that I have no idea how I'm, how it's going to happen. I just know that I want it. And i just starting with the want, the desire, and I, my faith is just that the how will show up <laughs> because it's so big. I can't, I can't even fathom the how at this point. I just know that I want it. Yes, and that I think is the key. And a lot of people are scared of those goals, so they don't even pursue them. And I think that there's a lot of of upset because of that. Mm. So if the vision boards are not being manifested, which happens often, especially if people are not just being strategic about it, what are the common blockers that really prevent people from achieving their visions, which at the end, everybody who's listening, your vision board, it's your goals. And I think that's one of the big things people just misinterpret is that the vision board is is their actual goal. Yes. So what and, are the... Um, a blocker, yeah. I would say, for things not being manifested would be that we don't believe we can get it or we don't believe we deserve it. Mm. And also not figuring out what is that feeling that you're looking for. A really simple example, when I wanted a Subaru as you know, I really wanted this Subaru, this certain year of Subaru. And finally someone asked, yeah, but why? Mm. And it was actually the feeling of safety that I was looking for because my current vehicle was not safe in the winter on the highways. So once I figured that out, I realized that it didn't even matter what maker model it was. It was the all wheel drive, the safety. So figuring out what the feeling is might actually change the outcome or the original goal that you thought you had. And I think that's the base of everything is to figure out what is success to you. Mm -hmm. We often let other people tell us what they think success is, and we believe that to be true. And I think that's a fault because then we're not going after what's truly true to ourselves. Oh, man, there's just so much to unpack in that because I truly believe everything that we do Every goal we go after, every action we take, everything we buy it is always attached to a feeling that we're trying to achieve. Most of the time, we're just unaware of it. Yes. Like my big thing for 2018, my big feeling is freedom. And like that means so many things to me. Like there's just so much to unpack in that. I know what it means. But when you buy a new car, you're after a feeling. When you buy a new outfit, it's because you want to feel a certain way. When you go to a different job, it's because you want to feel a certain way. When you want to shake up your relationship, like all that stuff is we're after an emotion. Yes. So your why is everything because it's the thing that's going to inspire you and motivate you and like get you off the floor when you fall down. Yes. It's really the kind of the fire under the butt, right? It's like, like know your why first and then figure out because I've had this where I've put goals on my list just thinking that I should want it based on what other business experts are saying. And I'm just like, I don't feel good about that. That's right, because it's it's you have to figure out what is success to you, and that's the key. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. So for everyone listening, like the nugget to take from that is, like, why do you want what you want? Yeah, and the feeling that you're after. Absolutely. So, like, um, for example, um, I was just saying, you know, this is just such a small example, but it's just to show that we are always after an emotion. When I spent the whole day cleaning my office the other day and I color coordinated my books and my bookcase, the feeling that I was after was like just a sense of calm when I was in my office so that I could feel creative. Yes. Because I felt cluttered and because my office was feeling cluttered, my mind was feeling cluttered and I was having a hard time being creative. Yeah, knowing your personality type can also help you be more productive during the day. So, yeah, exactly. Mm, oh, I love this. So what advice would you give to someone who doesn't know where to begin? Like who just doesn't know where to begin when it comes to creating a vision board, when it comes to creating a life that they desire, when it even comes to setting a goal? Like what should they do? Someone who is just starting from scratch and has no idea what to do with their life. 
So a really cool question to ask yourself to start with is, if money was no concern, what would I be doing? Mm. If I could live anywhere in the world, what would my life look like? And pretend you don't even have a relationship and say, what would a perfect relationship look like? Because often these are all achievable things, but we don't put ourselves in that mindset of what could be. Sometimes we get stuck in what is. So that would be number one is to ask yourself, number one, what is success to you? And number two, if money was no concern, what would my life look like? Because often that draws you to the right career, to the right relationship, because you're putting out the right energy. Oh, yes. Again, it's just like manifesting based on that emotion again. Yeah. And it works personally and professionally. So personal relationships and work. Oh, wow. Okay. So basically just start with a question and don't overthink it is what I'm hearing. It's just because we do, we overthink it because we get stuck in the how. Okay. Yeah. And it's so true. You know, like you have to be able to just start with the desire because often people don't even put the goal down or even rip the picture out of the magazine to put it on their vision board because they immediately think there's no way I can get that. Yes. So do you have like a big, do you have a really massive goal right now that you, you're not quite sure like the whole how isn't there yet, but you just know you want it and it's all, and it's slowly starting to come into in, like into pieces and the puzzles are starting to fit. Yes. Uh, two on that term, on that term, I guess. Uh, one of them is I've always on the professional speaking side, I want to speak in every single province in Canada and I also want to speak in California and eventually work my way around the world and I had no idea how that would happen and I just recently met someone networking and she asked me if I would be willing to speak at five cities in five days across Canada and I thought isn't this amazing that such a simple which seemed complex goal could be accomplished in a week So I think it's just putting it out there. On the other side, the personal side was I always wanted to find uh, my perfect partner. And I knew exactly what he would be like, how he would treat my family, how he would treat me. And I was very patient. And I think that's another area that we need to talk about is being patient and waiting for things to come, but also doing those action steps. And I have now found my perfect partner. And I absolutely love my career. And it's already falling into place. But a year ago, I had no idea how I could speak in different conferences across Canada and how that would look. That is so great for everyone listening to hear because it just goes to show like it didn't happen overnight. And I think so often people look from the outside world in and they're like, oh, like they just seem like an overnight success and they just got exactly what they want and the relationship that they wanted and the job that they wanted overnight. But it took you 12 months. It did. And the relationship took years. Yeah, exactly. Exactly what I wanted. Absolutely. And do you find like on the relationship side of it, because like you just have so much clarity pun intended, you have so much clarity (laughs) around your business, but on the relationship side, do you find that it's the relationship is just easy because you guys are just so clear about what you want and how you want to feel with each other? Yes. You know, something my sister always said to me, and it was the best relationship advice I've ever received, and I've received a lot, was if it's a good match and you have a mutual respect for one another, it's easy. Mm, yeah easy and it wasn't until I found uh, my boyfriend now that I realized how easy it could be and how joyful it could be Mm, absolutely because again you let each other be yourselves yes and that's the key is to find someone but don't change them Mm. right embrace who they are their authentic self as well as your your own yeah because you always say um when you're choosing your relationship or your friendship and you're designing that vision of what you want you always say who do you need to become and are you being that person are you also being that person that you want to attract yes and you and I designed a relationship mastery workshop that covered that in depth 
Yes, which we are going to put into a digital workshop one day for sure, yes. because I think it's such a big, it's such, uh, we're just such tribe people. We're just not meant to be alone. Even if, you know, we're introverts and we get energized being alone, we're not meant to be alone. We're meant to have connections. We're human beings. Like it's just in, it's deeply ingrained in us. We're not just meant to walk this planet alone. That doesn't mean you need to get married and have eight kids. It just means <laughs> that you just need to find ways to connect with other human beings. And with our relationship mastery workshop, it's just, it's about not just finding someone to spend your life with, but we give tips as well, like how to bring this into your friendships. Yes. Which is so key because like all the friends that I have in my life are just people that lift me up and support me. And I, I, I have no hard feelings about anyone who doesn't. We're just not meant to be friends and that's okay. Like not everyone's going to like you, Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So this has been so great. I would love to know because like I've seen where your business has come from and to just what it is today. Like I've watched it grow and I've watched you manifest like a freaking queen. Um, <laughs> was there any one old mindset that was blocking you and that you've let go of? Definitely my mindset during my 20s, even into my 30s, was that I had to be perfect. You know, mm -hmm. Everything had to go as planned, and I had to be top of the class, and I had to have order in my life. And those things served me. You know, I got some scholarships and things like that, but I wasn't having any fun. It was a huge blocker because it wasn't until I embraced spontaneity and being emergent and just flowing with change that I was able to actually be successful as an entrepreneur because nothing is stable with entrepreneurship. It is pure passion and you need to go with the flow and be adaptable. So that is, was one of my blockers that I thought I wasn't going to be able to be an entrepreneur. Once again, I practiced and embraced those behaviors. Now you can't throw anything at me. I am very adaptable. So letting it go, it just kind of sounds, it sounds like it just feels so freeing now you've just let go of the idea of being perfect which is impossible it must feel so freeing it is and honestly in the past four years I've had more fun than I have my entire life because of embracing that that is a massive statement to make for yes, especially is. for someone like the moment I met you you were just so you just like exuded fun. So that's a massive statement to make. And four years is not a long time to like just truly step into this, th this amazing person that you are. And you've always been amazing. You've just set really, you set such high standards for yourself that no one could meet without like killing themselves with stress. And it was exhausting. Yeah, absolutely. Because well, it's exhausting trying to achieve something you can't achieve, which is being perfect. So with Myers-Briggs then, with Myers-Briggs and like really getting clear about your type and managing stress, does it help you or give you tools on overcoming limiting beliefs? Because like not being good enough is probably like one of the biggest limiting beliefs that uh, that I hear. It's it always comes down to not feeling like you're good enough, smart enough, pretty enough or just enough. Does does knowing your type and what makes you really tick help you overcome those limiting beliefs? Definitely, it's an amazing part of that process. Once you understand how you were born, your innate personality type and your natural strength, it helps you see I guess how truly amazing you are and it increases your confidence levels. It also gives light to those areas that you've been avoiding and why you've been avoiding them. Mm. So you don't have to be an expert in every area. And I think a lot of limiting beliefs are that we think we should be better than we are in certain areas. And sometimes we maybe chose the wrong career or the wrong niche in that career. So we weren't getting the energy that we desired or craved. So once you find your place, I find that everything else just falls into place. Oh, so like major limiting beliefs could come up just based on us trying to be like everyone else instead of our type. Yeah. Thinking that we need to be. 
Yeah. And I mean, sometimes at work, you do need to shift your personality and practice different behaviors, but it's still your natural type is still who you are. It's your authentic self. Mm, Absolutely. And that's, I'd love to have you on the podcast again to talk about that. Like, how do we enhance our contagiously positive mindset in the workplace? Because there, there are ways to work with each other and really honor each other's types while not allowing it become a toxin in the workplace. So I'm going to have you back on to do that and to talk about that because I just think that's so important. Yes, and we can delve a little deeper into the stress management when it comes to workplace as well. Absolutely. And just it's so hard because you do so many things. We could be on a podcast for like six hours, literally. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, because you just, especially because there's 16 types, you're dealing with human behavior. You just can't go into them in one hour because it really is. And it takes years even for people to just like work through their work through their stuff. Yeah. And figure out who they are, what they want. Mm. But once you do, oh my God, it's amazing. Which is like, I know I met you. What was it now? Probably like six years now. And you did my profile probably like eight months in. And I'm just now like fully embracing it to the point where like my days just flow with ease. I handle stressors so much better. I now see that it's not really stress. It's just more like stressors that happen and I can I can stop them. And I've said this so much, even just since starting this podcast, like I've never felt more like me than ever in my life. And a big part of that is just embracing my, my embracing my unique type. Yes. Oh, yeah. I love that. Yeah. So you have a lot of stuff coming up and um, I have one more question I want to end with, but first I want to know what's coming up. Where can people find you? What's next for clarity coaching and development and how can people work with you? Definitely. So I do tour all over Canada in terms of professional speaking and the Myers-Briggs workshops. I currently, in September, have a goal-setting vision board workshop coming up on September 10th in Saskatoon. I also, on September 25th, I'm doing a networking etiquette seminar, which is a two-hour workshop where you get to actually practice conversation starters and work on your charisma. I'm developing, it's in my head right now, and it's going to be launching this fall, a presentation skills and increasing your charisma seminar for people that are scared to get in front of a group of maybe two or three, or maybe 50 to 500, and just giving tips and tricks on how to really embrace that room and engage everybody. So that's something that I'm also working on. And the final thing is um, besides stress management, change management, I've been speaking to a psychologist out at Psychometrics Canada, and I'm developing a subsequent workshop on leadership mixed with emotional intelligence in relation to personality type. Oh my goodness. Now that just, that takes your breath away. (laughs) So what's your website so people can find you and your, 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 you do a lot of stuff on social media too. So where are those links for people? And I will put them in the show notes as well. Perfect. So my website at the very bottom actually has the links to all of my social media platforms. Perfect. And it's www.jolenewatson.com. Wonderful. So we are all, because we talked so much about like finding your tribe and why that's so important. And um, we're all holding space to support your big goal because it's so amazing. I actually just envisioned you like in a plane flying around Canada and then the (laughs) world. I just, I actually just envisioned you like on a beach. (laughs) Yeah. Yes, the ultimate goal is to be mostly on beaches. Yes, yes like facilitating in bare feet on a beach somewhere where you just get to mix your two passions. So I want to only yeah. be a great idea. So we're all going to hold space for that goal for you because I think that's so important to support each other. And there's ways on there's ways to support each other without working with each other. And that could just be like sharing your story, sharing this podcast commenting on one of your social media posts um, or, or just like saying, okay, thank you for letting me be me, right? Like there's so many ways to support each other. 
Yes. So I want to end with a question. Um, what is one thing my audience is definitely women. I mean, my business is called contagiously positive. I don't attract a lot of men. So <laughs> what is one thing you would like to say to women? And this obviously will be good for all men listening as well. That is one thing they can do to really help them unleash their inner contagiously positive, which is really when I say contagiously positive, it's your authentic self. So what's what's some a piece of advice you can give to someone? Definitely. When I went to California for a sales course, uh, one of the homework assignments I had, and I found this truly valuable, was to come up with maybe five, maybe 20, maybe two positive characteristics about yourself that others have said to be true that's number one so write down about five things let's say that people say about you maybe you're driven maybe you're charismatic maybe you are super organized write those down and then come up with a it's called a par p-a-r a problem okay and a result to prove to yourself that you are every one of those things that everyone else says that is invaluable in increasing our confidence levels and proving to ourselves that we have value. Mm, I love that so much. And what came up instantly was sometimes, most of the time, people see things in us that we don't see in ourselves. And we're so humble that we often don't talk ourselves up. So that's how I word the question is, what have others said to be positive about you? <laughs> yes. It's, oh man, I'm just embracing that this year. Like celebrate your successes. Like, oh my, it, it's so important. We do, we downplay everything. We even downplay our happiness when we're around people <laughs> who might not be that happy, but it's our happiness and our successes and us achieving things and us like, doing the things that we want to do and being ourselves that then inspires someone else to want to do it. And, and maybe they're, they're having the worst time in their life and they look at someone else who is like totally embodying just their uniqueness. And they say, you know what? I want what they have. I'm going to get out of my funk and finally get up and do it. So yes. we're not serving anyone by downplaying our lives. No, and if you think about uh, the neuron structure of our brains, there's something called a mirror neuron where we actually emulate the person in front of us. If you if you think about a yawn, if I yawn, you'll yawn. So these exist, these mirror neurons. So it's actually really important to surround yourself with positive people. That's the whole concept around contagiously <laughs> positive. You just summed up contagiously positive right there. So it's the perfect way to end. Thank you so much. These are so many great nuggets. I will include everything and all the links in the show notes. And then we will start planning our next podcast because you would just have so many other juicy details to add. So thank you. Well, I am honored to have been able to spend this evening with you. Well, thank you. If you like this episode or any of the episodes in this podcast and you want to help someone else unleash their inner contagiously positive, please share, rate, review, and subscribe. Let's work together to put beauty and positivity and health and happiness into the world.